Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. The Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider podcast, a podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about them. I'm Ariel Kasten, and with me, as always, is Pumpkin Spice Jonathan Strickland. This podcast is clear. <laughs> now, the question is, do you know what I that's don't. a reference to, Ariel? No. That's, <laughs> a, that's a reference. I, I changed it but it's a reference to the original Poltergeist movie. Um, oh, all right. Yeah. Well, you know, Ariel, like, I, like I've watched that all the way through. Oh, it's so good. Well, it's so scary. Here's the thing, Ariel. I got a question for you. Is it about Poltergeist? Because I'll fail that quiz. It's not necessarily <laughs> about Poltergeist. The question is, are there any Halloween movies that, you know, get a lot of love that you just don't connect with. We talked last week about Hocus Pocus and how both of us kind of, we missed the boat. Like that movie came out at the wrong time during our like respective earlier lives that we didn't have that emotional connection. Are there any others that you're like, "Eh, I could take it or leave it. Uh, Yes, but mainly because I have left it thus far and haven't watched it. And that's a nightmare before Christmas. Gosh, it's such a good movie. 
And, you know, you might even argue that it's a Christmas movie, but I feel like it's a Halloween movie. And I don't know. It just doesn't like right now. TikTok is full of everybody doing like their Nightmare Before Christmas cosplay. So Halloween for sure. Um, I just it has never appealed to me. I think, uh, you know, it's definitely one of the it's very Tim Burton. So if you Mm -hmm. are not a big Tim Burton fan, then it's not going to it's not going to connect with you. But it's got like that Tim Burton aesthetic. I mean, overdrive. I was a Tim Burton fan during like Edward Scissorhands. I'm less a fan of like his claymation stuff, although I don't like hate it. It's just. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm cranky about holidays trying to push into each other's holidays already. Well, I mean, like it's it's a fun it's a fun take on that. Um, I think I think you would honestly I think you would dig it if you were to give it a shot. But I also respect the fact that, you know, it just hasn't spoken to you. That's that's totally legit. Like, I know there are people out there who Princess Bride, like it doesn't do anything Mm -hmm. for them. And while I think those people are monsters, you know, it's their prerogative. I I know for a fact that some of our listeners are not huge fans of The Princess Bride. We do not think you are monsters. I mean, Um, we don't, but I do. I do not. I love you. Look, my stepdad is not a fan of Princess Bride either. Um, Okay, so maybe I will give Nightmare Before Christmas a try this Halloween um, if The Shining doesn't turn me off to Halloween movies for a year. Uh, What about you, Jonathan? So there's this movie that I had not watched until this year uh, called Trick or Treat. And it came Mm. out several years ago. It's a it's a horror anthology movie. And all of the stories tie in with Halloween. It all takes place on Halloween night. And the stories kind of involve each other, like like stories cross in and out. You'll see something happen tangentially to one of the vignettes. And then in a later vignette, it becomes like front and center and you're like, Oh, Mm -hmm. so that's what that was all about. Um, and I know that it has a lot of kind of like cult status love. I watched it and I was like, I was just not terribly impressed. I've seen other Halloween anthology movies that I thought were better. This one just didn't quite work for me, but again, like I, I realize that a lot of folks, they, they think it's a fun Halloween film and I do not begrudge them that it just did not speak to me. Is that the one with the kid who's got like either the scarecrow or the pumpkin head or something like that? Uh, both. He's got like a sack head until a spoiler alert. He's got like a sack head. And then when the sack is pulled away, he's got like a, a, a disformed pumpkin head type thing. He's kind of like the essence of Halloween. And if you, don't follow the rules of Halloween. He's going to get you. I see. See, like in concept, that sounds interesting. Yeah. And that's just one part of it. I mean, there are other stories like there's a story about uh, werewolves. There's a story about a psychopath who is behaving kind of like a vampire. There's a story about kids who want to go visit a quarry where some children supposedly died many years before. Like there are all these different elements that tie in together. Like I said, uh, it just, and parts of it I thought were creepy, but parts of it, I just found very off putting or not effective. Uh, also it's a, it's a product of its time as well. Like if they were to make a version of it today, it would probably, you know, maybe speak to me a little more. Hmm. I see. I see. Is it super gory? Uh, parts of it are, yes. 
Okay, then I will not watch that it, one. It either. is not it is not Ariel rated. <laughs> All right. All right. But we're going to talk today about some news that's not so spooky, although one thing might fill you with a, a feeling to say boo, but not like a ghost. <laughs> uh, and that is that Disney has announced that it has pushed back the the debut of several films like all the Marvel films got pushed back mm-hmm. at least a few months uh, and Indiana Jones five has been pushed back almost a full year to July uh, or June. I'm sorry of 2023. So yeah. yeah. So let's start with Indiana Jones because while most of these Disney is saying that most of the pushback is due to production. And, you know, we've talked about this with video games before where if you can't put out a good product that isn't buggy, maybe you should wait on release. And I kind of feel the same way about big budget movies that use a lot of CGI. I would rather wait a little longer and get really amazing CGI than get something that gives me like super uncanny Valley. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm fine with that. But Indiana Jones actually is getting postponed because uh, Harrison Ford hurt his shoulder. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's up there, right? I mean, he's, Mm-hmm. He's a uh, he's a venerable gentleman, as they might say. Um, he's old as heck is another way of he's, putting it. And, uh, and he's 79 years young. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, these movies are pretty physically demanding. And um, and I, I don't know what the details were of the injury. But, yeah, he's going to have to take some time to heal for them. And of course, it's an Indiana Jones movie there's only so much footage you can shoot that doesn't have Indiana Jones in it. (laughs) So you say it's because Harrison Ford is old that he hurt his shoulder, but listen, Jeremy Renner was filming tag in Atlanta, part of which uh, filmed like less than two miles from my house. And during one of the scenes, I think he broke like both arms. And so arm shoulder body injuries can happen in movies at any age. If you aren't careful. Didn't Harrison Ford last get injured when a door slightly closed on him during shooting star Wars? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, uh, Disney has also, you know, talked about all these other things that have been pushed back. Like Dr. Strange has been pushed back. Uh, Black Panther sequels been pushed back. Mm -hmm. Like all these different projects have been pushed back. Uh, the Marvels have been pushed back. Now, at least with some of the films, I suspect. Untitled 20th Century has been pushed back. Yeah, there's a bunch of untitled ones that we don't know what they're going to be yet. Maybe Fantastic Four. Who's to say? Untitled um, Disney live action. I'm guessing Hercules. Yeah, I mean, that would be that would track, right? Well, actually, maybe it'll be Hunchback of Notre Dame. But yeah, we're pretty sure that it's one, it's production and two. It may also be an attempt to try and feel out when the theater experience will be closer to what it was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Because while we have seen some successes, uh, they have only been a fraction of what a big success would be pre-pandemic. Yeah, I was going to say, I know a lot of theaters are doing a lot of business renting out for private parties. Uh, I've got a few friends who have done that now. Um, but I just can't imagine that it's near the same. I mean, there's still operating at a decreased volume, even when they rent out a theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can't imagine that they're making the same kind of money back. I'm sorry, everybody. I have a cat from each side trying to like 
eat my desk. Yeah, I'm actually watching as cats descend upon Ariel. It's making me <laughs> sad that this is not a video podcast. Uh, one of these days I will have Harvey and Walter White on camera for everybody. Harvey is trying to eat some fiery bird seed right now. I don't know what's up. Okay. <laughs> uh, so some of you might think that all of pushing all of these release dates for Disney back is tragic. But... I like the segue. <laughs> it's not as tragic as the infamous Scottish play. Yeah, also known as Macbeth! Macbeth! Yeah, so... We got a trailer, actually really more of a teaser, for a, an upcoming film of The Tragedy of Macbeth starring Denzel Washington in the title role and mm -hmm. uh, Frances McDormand as Lady Macbeth. That's intriguing casting because if I were to cast Denzel Washington, I think I would probably cast him as Duncan as opposed to Macbeth. Yeah, I, I think I would have cast him as Duncan as well, but I can totally see him as a Macbeth. It's interesting because I don't associate him with like, like a, a, a conniving, ambitious, villainous character. So I'm actually very eager to see him play this part. Mm -hmm. I, I have no doubt he can do it. I absolutely think he could do it. I just don't associate him with that kind of character. Well, from what I have heard, because this is actually this film, The Tragedy of Macbeth, came out at a film festival first, the 2021 New York Film Festival. Uh, it's done by Joel Cohen, not with his brother. Um, which is a first, but it's, I think it's focusing on Macbeth and Lady Macbeth at a time when they are older than normally portrayed. Uh, and so I, I'm really interested to see how grizzled life experiences shape the dialogue. Yeah. Uh, the teaser is very short um, and you only have one line in it, <laughs> but you have, you have some really compelling visuals. It looks like it's going to be, a creepy film and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Me too. Oh, also it's in all black and white. Yes. Yes. I did about that too. Uh, something else we're looking forward to seeing. This is not a film. It is a sequel to a film, but it's actually going to be its own little series is history of the world. Part two, a sequel to the Mel Brooks comedy from many years ago that had lots of, uh, tongue-in-cheek humor about history. <laughs> yes, which uh, seems right in line with the current uh, current things going on. Uh, yeah, Mel Brooks is bringing his series to Hulu, and mm -hmm. he's working with uh, Nick Kroll and Wanda Sykes as, as some of the comedians, um, which is interesting because, I don't know... Maybe it's just a generational thing because like Mel Brooks can can get pretty blue, but Nick Kroll is like super blue. Well, I mean, like it's to me, it's one of those things where it's it's bringing new voices into the writer's room, which I think is a good idea because. I mean, I love Mel Brooks, OK, mm -hmm. but but his his comedic sensibilities probably don't resonate quite the same way today as they did many years ago. And mm -hmm. so getting some other comedic points of view in the writing situation to come up with things that are satirical and funny that say something about our modern world, but do it by using history as kind of the vehicle. I think that's a really good move. I do too. Um, you know, I wonder if it will be similar at all to drunk history. 
I, I suspect it'll be different enough where, you know, it'll, it, I think it's probably going to have a lot of the same sort of zaniness of the original. Otherwise, why would you even do it? Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but we'll have to see. Yeah, we will have to see uh, something else that is zany that we just saw as in like right before we recorded this episode is the Cowboy Bebop trailer. Yes. Which was a, a it, it's stuff that was made specifically to promote Cowboy Bebop. It's not taken from an episode of the live action mm-hmm. series. Uh, and it is stylistic to the extreme. Uh, in such a brilliant way, they use like almost like comic book paneling mm-hmm. as transitions, as as moving interactive transitions throughout the page. So it's not like you've got a cell and then you move to another cell. It's it's this divider in what is happening on the screen is being moved by characters to further the plot. It made like every bone in my body happy. Um, <laughs> I I found it. I found myself feeling every year of my age as I was trying to keep up with what was going on because, <laughs> because characters could move the bar and thus mm-hmm. change what setting another character was in. Like if you were like one character might be in a setting that's got a red background and another one's in kind of a greenish background and by pushing or pulling the bar, they can move characters from one set into a different one. So it's like you suddenly were teleported to a totally different environment and then it gets into an action sequence, which just makes it even more complicated. And it was brilliant. And I loved it. Very creative. It actually reminded me a lot of like the kind of stuff you see in an Edgar Wright movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was I was like, whew, I need to pay attention because <laughs> this is moving fast. <laughs> it was moving fast. I mean, I at first I was like, what's happening? What's happening? And then I was like, OK, they're just they're chasing a dude and I'm not going to pay that much attention to it other than they're going through all of these different potential settings to, to find this dude. Um, I I had a thought and it just slipped my mind because I was so invested (laughs) in the Cowboy Bebop trailer. Well, we're Um, definitely looking forward to the series. Uh, and, and you know, they've, they've really captured the spirit, I think of the animated series. So I'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to seeing more of the live action, uh, yeah, it's funny because it's the first thing that I've been really jazzed about watching that wasn't like a Disney Plus, you know, original. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. I mean, I still need to watch Midnight Mass all the way through. That's quite good. I just haven't set aside the time to do it. I'm I'm guessing that's not rated Ariel either. I haven't gotten far enough for me to say for sure, but it's probably a pretty good bet. <laughs> all right. You did watch Masters of the Universe Part 1. So that was recent. No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No. (laughs) Ooh, Jonathan. I I haven't watched it. But part two is coming out. And um, yes. Yeah. And well, I mean, I watched, I watched, actually, I did watch some of Masters of the Universe part one. I just did. I don't think I got all the way through it. If I did, it's already escaped my memory. Listen, time is limited and there is so much, uh, so much media coming out and it's not going to stop because I at is not going to strike. At least they came not, to an agreement. not now. <laughs> not now. They came to an agreement for now. So we're going to continue to get all of this media. So maybe you and I need to work up a system where like I watch something and you watch something and then we tell the other person whether it's worth watching. That, so sounds, like, that sounds good. Maybe we do a whole podcast about it. Divide and conquer. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Right. Anyhow. <laughs> 
for the time being, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about all things DC. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And 
by all things DC, Jonathan meant some things DC because DC fandom just happened and there's way too much to cover in a single episode. Yeah, uh, we could have actually done a full episode just about the stuff they announced at DC fandom, but we thought we'd hit some of the highlights that we particularly found interesting. And then after that, we might chat a little bit about some of the other things that were announced um, and maybe just mention a couple because this was like jam packed with announcements and trailers and reveals and, and pretty exciting stuff. Where do you want to start, Ariel? Um, I think that I want to start with Cobra Kai. Uh, no, sorry, Blue Beetle. That's what I want to start with. Okay. <laughs> start with Cobra Kai. That's not a DC thing. Well- Okay, it's cross. It's it's casting from Cobra Kai. So uh, at DC Fandom, they released uh, basically a concept image of Blue Beetle. Yes, and not the Blue Beetle that I'm familiar with because I was reading comics that had Blue Beetle in them in the '90s, which was a different. It was the second Blue Beetle, and this is the third Blue Beetle. Yes, this Blue Beetle is very like Spider Man esque. Mm-hmm. And he is being played by, and I'm, I'm so sorry to this actor whose name I know I'm going to to not say correctly, but Zolo Maraduena, um, who is Miguel on Cobra Kai. See, like there was a method to my much madness. <laughs> um, so this be madness, yet there is method in it. That's a different yes. Shakespearean play than Macbeth. But anyway, uh... <laughs> so yeah, the this um the concept art it, it has like. The, the character has like the mandibles kind of uh, above the shoulders, like mm-hmm. like almost framing the head. And that that actually it took me a second to get used to that because it was so different from the Blue Beetle outfit that I was used to. Also, you know, the when I was reading the comics, it was when it was like Justice League International and Justice League Europe were titles. And those were more humorous like it was a little Mm -hmm. more comedic than what you would typically see it was a strange phase in comic books so i associate blue beetle and and booster gold as being this yeah they're they were sort of these comedic foils and uh so it's very it it takes me a big adjustment to look at this and go right Mm -hmm. right but that's not always who blue beetle is (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting. I'm more familiar with the booster gold blue beetle as well. Uh, when I first looked at the image, I thought the mandibles were wings, actually. So thank you for pointing that out. It is a little creepier now. Um, that being said, the like the image has this really great, like, futury, neon-y. I mean, it just actually does have a very neon uh, aesthetic to it. But it's got this, like, really cool vibe that feels high energy and potentially not super bleak. Um, you know what it me. actually, you know what it actually kind of reminds me of static shock. No, no. It kind of reminds me of the flashes outfit in the trailer we got for the flash film, mm. because there's a sequence where he's stepping forward, where the gold in his outfit is almost glowing Tron like. And mm-hmm. it made me think of like, it was kind of a red and gold version of what we were seeing with the blue beetle concept art. So it almost yeah. felt like, those two outfits were kind of similar in style in that way. Uh, the flash trailer, by the way, it, it's, it's really more of a teaser than a trailer. Mm-hmm. It's not really a trailer. You get a little bit of sense of what's going on. You get to hear Michael freaking Keaton talk. Um, <laughs> it's his voice in the background and you get to see Batman from behind 
and you're assuming it's the Michael Keaton Batman. You also get to see the a, a tarp that is over what you assume is the, the Michael Batmobile. Keaton Batmobile. Yeah. Um, but you don't get a whole lot of details other than the fact that obviously time travel slash dimension shifting is a thing, uh, which is not a surprise. Yeah. I mean, that was that was what was being set up the entire time. Yeah. But, um, fl- flashpoint. Yes. But what did you think of that trailer? Um, I feel like it didn't give give us much. Honestly, it didn't give me as much Michael Keaton as I expected. I do like that at one point in the trailer, you get three versions of Barry Allen standing together. Maybe more. I only saw three. It was quick. It was dark. It was DC dark. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I well, it, Here's the thing that I found strange. Okay. So everyone knows Michael Keaton is in the Flash film. Like that's mm-hmm. not a secret. Why did they not have one last shot where it's the reverse and you see Michael Keaton's face in the Batman cow that would have like, that would have, that would drive people over the edge. They would have gone banana for the trailer. And instead you just see him from behind, which I mean, get, yeah, Batman's cool, but we've got a billion Batmans. And if you're just seeing it from behind, you might be thinking, Oh, this is the Ben Affleck Batman. Or the Robert Pattinson Batman. Or the Robert Pattinson Batman. <laughs> um, actually, that's another one. That's another trailer they showed off was the Batman trailer. Yes. So back to The Flash. You can't end every movie or every movie trailer with Michael Keaton's face, no matter how much you want to. So that's probably why they but didn't. He's, but he's in this one. So. He, he is. <laughs> I mean, I uh, would end every movie trailer with Michael Keaton in it, even if Michael Keaton weren't in the movie. <laughs> but he is in this movie. I'm kind of hoping that Neon Flash and Neon Blue Beetle team up and then we get a Neon Green. I was going to see Green Goblin, but it would actually be Green Lantern. Yeah, because Green Goblin's different, different comic book company. Different comic book comic, and we know we're not getting that Well, and here's crossover. the thing also, like, like we needed to see Michael Keaton, Ariel, because he didn't show up <laughs> in the Spider-Man trailer. We get Doc Ock in the Spider-Man trailer. I wanted Vulture in there too. We don't mm-hmm. get Vulture because Michael Keaton Vulture was busy no. being Batman's. But listen, we got Vulture in the, I think it was the Venom movie. Wait, what? At the end, there was a, like a. At the end of Venom post credits, you mean the second Venom, the let there be carnage one. He no, gets transported I, into the the universe, the MCU. I, was it no? I I think it was in Venom. Venom. No, no, because then it, Venom would have already been in the MCU. Venom wasn't maybe, already in the MCU. Venom was It's now in the MCU. Okay. Okay. So okay, there we go. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. By the way, spoilers for Venom. <laughs> let there be Whoops. carnage. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't seen it yet. I I can't remember everything. Ariel, spoilers for you for Venom Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> it's a post credits thing. It's not important for the movie. Listen, you're gonna you're gonna make me go to a really dark place, and then I'll be just like Robert Patton, Pattinson's Pattinson's Batman. Pattinson's, ba- Batman, who is uh, not Batman. He's vengeance. Yeah, I'm vengeance. He, he's I'm he's vengeance. he's doing a bit of a Christian Bale voice for Batman, which is unfortunate, but. Uh, that trailer, I think looks pretty good. It is interesting. They really eased off on the Zodiac creepy Riddler vibe. I mean, they showed him at one point for certain. Well, they they definitely had some stuff about Riddler, but he didn't, it didn't have him like, it didn't look the same as that one trailer where he was just pulling the duct tape. Did it? I mean, he had like the big leather 
football burn mask thing on oh. up on a screen in one section. Okay. I must have missed yeah. that part. I was Which mostly I was paying really attention sad. to uh to to the the penguin, the version of the penguin they have in this one. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, so I know that there was controversy about uh, casting a thin dude and putting him in a like a, a fat a suit, suit. Mm-hmm. which you know, as a plus size actress, I'm like, why? There are lots of plus size actors and actresses out there. You could have just hired one, but they wanted the name recognition. But that being said, like the performance in the in the trailer was like the most intriguing part of the trailer for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing more about it. Uh, I will say. My wife, Rebecca, was not impressed by it, but then uh, she's dead inside. So um, <laughs> not true, but but it was oh, funny. Geez. It was funny, but it's not true. No, she's wonderful. But no, it didn't. Like, I thought it looked neat. She was like, eh. and I think part of it is just it's kind of like Spider-Man. We've had a lot of Batman movies over the last few decades. And so you kind of get numb to it after a while. One thing we have not had is a movie about Black Adam, uh, but we're getting one. Originally, Black Adam was going to be the villain in Shazam. And then they decided, hey, let's hold off on that. Give Black Adam his own film. So he'll be an anti-hero and then maybe set that up for a confrontation with Shazam further down the line and we got a teaser for black Adam. Yeah. And my favorite part about it, like, honestly, I'm going to honestly say like, I barely paid attention to the trailer because they mentioned Hawk Hawkman was going to be in it. And then I was just over the moon and I no longer cared about the rest of it. Cause I was like, we're going to get Hawkman, which means eventually we're going to get hot girl. Huh? I watched it thinking, (laughs) Black Adam's skin looks a lot like Drax from <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. But I'm um, pretty sure that was like his mummified skin. I bet as he zaps the actual meat off of people's bones that he'll like rehydrate, I guess. Yeah. Oh, well, he certainly needs some. Oh, good. Tybalt has decided to join Hi, the show. Uh, someone's talking outside of our house, which is obviously not allowed. Uh, it's yeah. me, Jonathan. <laughs> okay, fine. But yeah, the Black Adam teaser was kind of interesting. It was very short. There's not a whole lot to it. We also got to see some behind-the-scenes stuff of Shazam for the next mm-hmm. film, The Fury of the Gods, with uh, uh, Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu, Lucy Liu. Playing, playing villains. Um, we learned about... We got a mid-season trailer for Doom Patrol, which Ariel rapidly scrubbed through before we started because she hasn't finished... Um, the season three yet season the, the episodes that already exist in yes. season three. So you didn't want to see the mid season. We also learned it's been renewed for a season four. So doom patrol yes. fans, you can rejoice. Um, they showed some stuff off about the injustice movie. We got to see, which got super mixed is getting a super mixed reception. Yeah. I'm surprised. I mean, I mean that's it. Well, it's really dark and I think people are just tired of dark Superman. Like mm-hmm. if I would say that if, the more recent Superman films or the films that have Superman in them had been more the uplifting, inspiring Superman, then mm-hmm. maybe people would be more receptive to, all right, well, here's an alternative take where Superman kind of goes off the edge, but we've had a pretty dark and broody Superman for the past few movies. Yeah. So I think people are like, can we stop with the Superman yeah. being crazy? And I'd agree with that because I, I own both injustice video games and the storyline is really interesting, but it is very, very dark. It's yeah. exceptionally dark. 
Um, we also got to see a trailer for Peacemaker, mm-hmm. which is also dark, but it looks funny. It looks maybe less gruesome than The Boys, <laughs> but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, which, I mean, come on, like, that's a low bar. Like, you don't have to... <laughs> You don't have to do much to be less gruesome than the boys. If you want to be more That's gruesome true. than the boys, you're going to be going through a lot of corn syrup. Um, yeah. And we also saw Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer in the upcoming Sandman. Which adaptation. I forgot was a DC property. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. we got uh, a concept art for ba- the live action Batgirl movie. So the concept art obviously isn't a live action shot. It looks like a comic book frame, but yeah. It tells you that, you know, she's going to have a very classic kind of Batgirl look. She's going to have the cowl and everything and the long and red hair. It still kind of has like that neon vibe. So maybe this is the new era they're going into for yeah. for their superheroes, which, which as long as it's not monochrome, I'm happy. Me too. And that, I think, is pretty much what we wanted to say about the stuff that was mentioned at Fandome. There's a lot more. So if you are a big DC fan and somehow you you managed to stay uh, mum about the DC Fandome announcements, you should definitely look those up because there's a ton of other stuff. We didn't go into the video games that are announced or any of the comic book stuff, but there's a ton of it. And we just wanted to touch on some of the things that we found pretty interesting. Yep. And now we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to mash up some DC with some Halloween spooky. Kind of. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. 
You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So, Ariel, one thing that we got to see that wasn't DC-related was we got to see a shot, a behind-the-scenes shot, for Rob Zombie's upcoming Monsters adaptation, Mm -hmm. film adaptation, where we got to see uh, actors playing Herman, Lily, and Grandpa, uh, in their fancy schmancy actor chairs. Yeah, they they look like the characters from the Munsters. And uh, the the most interesting th- thing to me is that Rob Zombie's wife is playing Lily Munster. That's not interesting to me at all. And I'll tell you why, Ariel. It's because he casts her in everything he does. She ends up playing the lead female role in every movie Rob Zombie does. And... um. This tells you how much Rob Zombie I've watched. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll just tell you this, Ariel. I've seen better actors. <laughs> Why, thank yeah, you, Jonathan. <laughs> but she plays, she plays like she's in, uh, she's the one of the main characters in House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects. Mm-hmm. And like, I just, you know, I get, I get it, but there's, there's a limit to my my forgiveness mm-hmm. for nepotism. But anyway, no, I get that. We got to see the clip. I'm still curious as to what kind of tone it's going to have because the original Munsters was corny as heck. It was it was sort of a a a spoof twist on the sitcoms of the time. And you're talking uh, on about literally Leave It to Beaver. Yeah, Leave It to Beaver, which is one of the corniest shows that ever existed. <laughs> so, I, I actually watched some clips from old monsters episodes. Cause I haven't seen that show since I was a kid and mm-hmm. I watched it. I was like, wow. Yeah. Laugh track out the wazoo. Uh, lots of corny jokes that aren't really jokes. Like it's, they say something and then there's a big laugh response and you're like, that's, that's not even a joke. <laughs> but, but at the same time, it, I mean, it had a really good message to it, which was, you know, no matter what you like, look like, no matter who you are, you, you have worth, you know? Yeah, actually, it had a very progressive approach to that sort of thing. Herman Munster tells his son in an episode uh, a very loving message about that, about how 
who you are inside is what matters. And it doesn't, you know, whether you look unusual or, and he even says white, black, or I think green or something like that, it doesn't matter. And like that message was fantastic. Also, Mm -hmm. I will add that while I personally find it really corny and not particularly entertaining, uh, it was the higher rated show between it and the Adams family. I I was about to say the same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the Adams family is the superior show, but it was not the one that it was not the one that won out in the ratings. It definitely has more, more of a ongoing following Adams family does, but yeah. uh, Yeah. They played at the same time and I don't know. I found, I like both Adams family and monsters because they, they focus on like, more loving families. So like Adam and Morticia Gomez are a very loving parent couple, you know, same with Lily and Herman Munster. Um, Munsters I felt was a little bit happier. Uh, I think also the theme song to Munsters slaps. Yeah, it does. It's, it's one of my favorite TV theme songs of all time. Um, So we have decided to mash up Munsters we, we decided to go with DC because DC had mm-hmm. so many announcements. And uh, originally I said Batman, but but uh, Ariel thought I said Superman. So we went yes. with Superman. And um, and I'm glad we did because mine is short and stupid. Awesome. I am really afraid that we have the same exact title this That's, time. Well, what's yours? Superman. No, mine is Super Eddie. Oh, <laughs> So who do you want to go first? Um, I'll go. I'll go first. Okay. So yes, Soup Herman, Superman, because you know Herman Munster is the dad. Um, they they all moved from Transylvania to uh, Mockingbird Lane. That's we didn't cover that, but that's the story. Is this this monster family Frankenstein the Frankenstein's monster, the Bride of Frankenstein, their werewolf son, and their Dracula grandpa move to Mockingbird Lane, and then they have a niece who is a normal-looking person who they think is an ugly duckling, even though we would think she's very beautiful because she's not a monster. Okay, so that's the Munsters. Okay. Herman Munster was your stereotypical retro family man, carrying tall bolts coming out of his neck, who lived with his family in a lovely Gothic house on 1313 Mockingbird Lane. One day, while he was working at Gateman, Goodbury, and Graves which was a mortuary company, he fell into an open plot and into an open casket. But this casket was like none he had ever seen before. For one thing, it went on forever. And it was super spacious with like crystals and weird panels and this weird S symbol everywhere. Herman didn't know why, but when he looked at the symbol, it made him feel hopeful. And as he felt that hope, he leaned back on one of the panels and that's when he felt a sharp pain in his posterior as the panel injected him in the rear with something and he passed out. When Herman awoke, he was back in the cemetery of Gateman, Goodbury, and Graves. He explained what happened to his co-workers, but no one believed him. So Herman was sent home to his lovely wife, Lily, and the rest. At dinner that night, Herman started feeling feverish, and when he said the turkey was cold, his eyes flared up and shot lasers out and heated the turkey up. Herman had a lot of powers, like he was super strong and immovable and stuff, but this had never happened before, so the family called for the doctor. Upon examination, the doctor stated that Herman's blood was a bit more radioactive than normal, and he ought to take a couple aspirin and call the doctor again in the morning if things didn't get better. That night, when Herman and his wife were sound asleep in bed, Herman heard a cry for help. When he went to explore the noise, he realized that he was super fast and could fly, and that was also new. 
He rushed to the cry, and it was his niece, Marilyn, who was being robbed. Herman at first was surprised that anyone would be mean enough to prey on someone who looked so undeniably plain as his niece, but she was family and he loved her no matter what. So he rescued her. It was a rush like Herman Munster had never felt before. Literally. He had always been super strong, but dude was slow. I mean, he was Frankenstein's monsters. Have you seen his feet? He made Marilyn promise not to tell anyone about his new changes. He bought a disguise, and at night, when his family was asleep, he went about town as Superman. It lasted about a week before he was sat down by his family when he came home late one night to confront him about his new powers. You see, Marilyn had told Eddie, Eddie told Grandpa, and Grandpa had told Herman's wife, Lily, and now they were all mad at him. Herman explained that he was a superhero now and helping helpless people at night, And the family said that he could not do that without them. They strapped Herman down and Grandpa sampled Herman's blood and they all got injected with some sort of super serum made from it. And that's how the Munsters became superheroes. Super Herman, Soup Herman, the Bride of Superman, a.k.a. Lily Lane, Grandpa Bat Sam, Eddie the Beast Boy, and Marilyn was control because she was Marilyn. Uh, The neighbors never suspected anything, though, because, well... The monsters were a family of monsters and were so weird anyhow. How could the neighbors tell any difference? The end. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. So um, we're, we're, ours are not completely similar, which is good. Mine is, <laughs> mine is, called, mine is called Super Eddie. And it goes like this. Jor-El has a problem. His home planet of Krypton is on a collision course with its own sun as the sun was collapsing. Or maybe Krypton became unstable due to uranium in the planet core. Or maybe there was a colossal war that scarred the planet beyond the point of no return. Whatever, doesn't matter. Jor-El and his wife Lara rush to send their only son, Kal-El, off-planet in a special rocket ship. And so the infant Kal-El escapes the destruction of his home planet and travels across the galaxy. We cut to Mockingbird Heights, an idyllic town that happens to be the home of the Munsters. There's Herman and Lily, a loving couple who have been together since the late 1800s. There's the irascible grandpa. And there's Herman and Lily's niece, Marilyn. They're your average American family. Though Herman is essentially Frankenstein's monster, Lily is a vampish woman, grandpa is an outright vampire, and Marilyn is... Well, the monsters love Marilyn. (laughs) Herman is driving back home after a long day of work at the undertaker's office when all of a sudden... This shooting star plummets out of the sky and right onto the hood of his car. The Munster coach takes a lickin' and keeps on revving, as it were. But Herman gets out, and to his astonishment, he discovers that inside the rocket is a baby. Well, he and Lily had wanted a child of their own, but so far had not been so fortunate. And so he decides to bring the space baby back to the Munster house at 1313 Mockingbird Lane. Lily immediately is enchanted by the baby. Even Grandpa is taken by the little tyke, and we fade out to see a title card that reads, Eight Years Later. The young Kal-El, now named Eddie, fits right in with the Munsters at home. Like his parents, he values family and hard work. And like Herman, he does his best not to judge people on how they look, but by what's inside. Of course, it takes him a while to realize that Herman didn't mean that literally. So for a while, Eddie was going around peeping at people's guts with his x-ray vision. But soon he gets the hang of it. Like his dad, Eddie is really strong. He's also really fast. Also, he can 
fly, which even Grandpa has trouble doing these days. He's a pretty remarkable guy from a pretty remarkable family. And while he does get into the occasional misadventure, he always learns a valuable lesson. And he also becomes really helpful. His cousin Marilyn helps him a lot because, well, he he looks kind of like her, you know, kind of funny. I mean, he doesn't have pointed ears or fangs. His skin isn't green or alabaster white. He doesn't have bolts sticking out of his neck. He feels like a bit of a monster, to tell you the truth. But Marilyn, who also is an ugly duckling in the family, helps him accept who he is. We fade out and get another title card. Fifteen years later. Eddie is all grown up and has learned a lot about himself. Like, he's not just fast. He's super fast. He's not just strong. He's super strong. And he has the ability to help people. More importantly, he feels obligated to help people. After all, his own parents helped him. They explained where he came from years before and stressed that they love him just as they would if he had been their natural-born child. He takes a job with the Mockingbird Heights newspaper as a local reporter, but that's really a cover story. What he's really up to is protecting the citizens from criminals and calamities, but he has to do it in secret because he doesn't want his family bothered by reporters or soldiers or police. So he's decided to adopt a superhero persona. But what should that be? Ultimately, he decides he wants to honor his grandpa. Sure, grandpa is a bit eccentric. Sure, he occasionally laments the fact that he's not allowed to go on rampages anymore. But his heart's in the right place. Probably. It's kind of hard to say, because sometimes grandpa likes to move his heart around just in case someone's got a stake nearby. It's just a (laughs) smart idea. And so Eddie formerly Kal-El, decides to adopt a costume that honors his grandpa. He dresses as a big old bat. A bat that flies around and fights crime. Yep, he uses the name Super Bat. Over the years, Super Bat helps the citizens of Mockingbird Heights in numerous ways, and he always does so by following the sweet guidance of his loving family. The end. You know, because we were going to do Batman. Was it Batman? I'm for sure you said Superman. <laughs> you go back and look at that this, that at that conversation when I first suggested DC and monsters. No, um, okay. uh, but here's the thing: is that as I was like sitting down to write this, and I sat there and I thought about the character of the monsters and the way their personas come across in the show. The conclusion I came to is that the monsters family is like Ma and Pa Kent in the Mm -hmm. classic Superman stories and that they would instill those, those values like, yeah, they're weird characters and they, you know, they don't see monsters as being monstrous, but otherwise they have those, those kind of pure sweet values at the core of them, the same as Ma and Pa Kent. So that in my opinion, Superman would essentially turn out to be kind of Superman, like the way we think of them in the classic sense, not. Yeah. Not the In dark, the injustice not, sense. not yeah, not the dark, brooding Superman that we've been saddled with for the last like couple of decades. But you get yeah. what I mean. Yeah, that was surprisingly uplifting. I feel. Um, yeah, yeah. No one died. I didn't kill no anybody died. in this one. I mean, Eddie doesn't exist in this version, but <laughs> I mean, but he does. Kinda, yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Well, I 
even even though you're kind of sticking it to me for my poor recollection, I really liked your mashup, Jonathan. Thank you. No, I'm I was being silly about it. Actually, I think Superman was a better option than Batman because Batman would have. One of the things is that a peek behind the curtain, folks, is that when we sit there and think about things to mash up, we really are trying to look for stuff that is different enough from each other that, you know, it's not like it's it's not like a mashup is just going to feel like the same thing as the two things we took. And so it took us a while to figure this one out. And we decided to go with something with DC because of fandom and the monsters because of the the monster reveal. And, um, and that could have, I mean, I think if we had gone with Batman, it probably would have been less interesting. So I'm glad we went with Superman. Well, you know, I think we're all winners here. Uh, we'll be even more winners if anybody listening has their own version of a mashup with the monsters and Superman, Batman, Aqualad, really anybody. Crypto. <laughs> Crypto. Yeah, if you if you have your own mashup, send it to us. Oh, the yeah, that be that works. Uh, send it, send your mashup our way. The best way to do that would be on email, and our email address is lnc at iheartmedia.com. But if you want to just get in touch and tell us what you think of the show, or maybe you've got suggestions for future mashups, anything like that, and you just want to say hi, you can do so on social media. On Twitter, we are lnc underscore podcast. And on Facebook and Instagram, we are Large Nerdron Collider. Yes, we would love to hear from you. Make sure to tell your friends and family and loved ones. If you like the show, like, share our episodes, leave a review. All of that's really helpful for us to grow our very large geeky family. Um, yeah, that's yep. it. And until next time, I have been Jonathan Grandpa Strickland. And I have been Ariel Flappity Flap Caston. Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. The show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, Yeah. 
and some waves so we could go surfing. Oh. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.